this morning. What is that one word that you associate with Christmas? Maybe if you can just share with a friend or the person sitting next to you this morning, what is that one word that you associate with Christmas? You can go. So for some, it was probably a very quick summary like Philip and Vainant in front. Many ex much experience when it comes to Christmas. <coughs> for some, it's probably words like family. For some, it's probably words like food, Gideon, yes? Okay, for some, it's gifts. Many of us have, have different associations that we make when, we, when it comes to Christmas. But for some of us, when it comes to Christmas, the words that we associate with Christmas is hurt. Or sometimes it's a word like loss or sickness, or maybe even just rejection. We have different experiences across the room about what Christmas means, but we have a specific word that we would associate with, with this time of the year. It can be the most wonderful time of the year for most of us, and for some of us, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. So this series that we are embarking on and that we're closing off today is to once again just realize the gift, the ultimate gift that we have received in Jesus becoming man and dying for us on the cross, and that through Him we have received life and salvation, and that only through Him this whole season should be about Him. And whatever word we associate with Christmas, that it first starts with Christ. There's a pun in there if you can, if you can get it. Yes? Okay. I'll keep my jokes to myself this morning. So, this morning we are going to look at the Advent story of Jesus becoming man and Jesus coming to earth through the book and the writing of John, the Apostle John. Um, and if you think about it, it's probably not that story that you will tell your children, right? Yes? It's so difficult to actually just explain what it means that the Word was God and the Word became flesh and that He dwelt amongst us and this is who Jesus is. It's much easier for us to tell the story that Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem, and on their way there, they couldn't find a sleeping place, so they went into a, a store place, shed somewhere. Jesus got born in a manger, and there was three wise men that accompanied them, gave them the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And this is the story that, you know, that gives us hope and joy. But try explaining to a six-year-old that the Word became flesh, and that the Word is God. You have to believe that. It's difficult. So it's not the favorite story that we would tell about Jesus, but I'm going to try to give it a shot this morning. Um, and it's probably because the, the way that John explains it is not a story where he connects Jesus to us as humans and we can relate to him as this baby that was born in a manger, but it gives us this deeply theological statement that the Word was God. In the beginning, the Word was God. The Word was with God. And it's something that is quite difficult to, to fathom. But I truly believe that there's a beautiful gift for us this morning when we understand what it means that the Word became flesh and that He dwells amongst us. And that gift probably challenges us to our inner core because it, it challenges the way that we think about Christmas. It challenges the way that we think about Jesus. And it definitely challenges just the way that we live. So this morning, what is the gift that we receive when we believe that He is the Son of God? And if this is a true statement in our life, how does it actually then change our lives, right? 
Let's pray. Father, I pray that as we go into your word, that your word would become real and, and true to us. And as we read your scriptures, Lord, that it would bring life and life in abundance. And, and I pray this morning, Father, that as, we, as I speak, that your Holy Spirit would bring the conviction. Not because of anything I say, but because of the truth that enlightens us in the darkness. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can turn your Bibles with me to John 1, verse 1 to 14, where we're going to read from today, or you can just follow me on the screen. So it starts in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So just coincidentally, so that to just give you some context about the scripture, John is not speaking about himself here. He's speaking about John the Baptist, the one that came before Jesus, the one that pointed towards the light, the one that was a witness to Jesus that would be coming. Okay, so it's, it's not running about John the Apostle here. Then in verse 9 it says, The true light, speaking about Jesus, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He, be, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So you see, family, in all four of the Gospels, it starts out with this introductory piece where in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they connect Jesus with human authority. They connect him with David and Abraham and Moses, and they, they speak about, Matthew actually just speaks about the genealogy of why Jesus is the Son of God, right? Whereas John skips that whole piece, and he goes straight and connects Jesus to God from the very beginning. So many writers have said that John 1 is a theological prologue, a theological prologue, because he stresses the connection with, from Jesus to the eternal God from the beginning of creation. So as a side note, what is a prologue? A prologue is a separate introductory section of a literary work. It is a piece of writing found at the beginning of a literary work because before the first chapter and separate from the main story. Why is this necessary for us to know? Because it gives us context to the narrative that John is trying to explain and why some of the words in John 1 is written in past tense, but it also gives us vital information as the readers 
and prepares us for what is to come. John writes, verse 1 to 18, as a quick introduction of the whole gospel that is about to unfold in the rest of the book of John. Another piece of context for us to understand and what it is what it, vital for us to be a, or take it into this piece of scripture is that John wrote the gospel 20 to 30 years before or after all the other gospels, right? Which means he had knowledge of what the others wrote. And he did it for a very specific reason. And that reason was to connect Jesus not to human and his human side of being on earth, but to connect him directly to the deity and godliness of who Jesus is, the son of the eternal God, not just someone who was born and lived a good life and is a moral exemplar for us to follow. John wrote specifically so that everyone should know Jesus is the son of the eternal God, and there will be no one like him after him. So John identifies Jesus as the coexistent, as coexistent with the Father God. And he says that Jesus was also the agent of creation and salvation. Let me explain that sentence a bit further. So I believe that John knew exactly what he was doing when he wrote the words, in the beginning. I promise you, I practice this 30 times not to say, in the beginning. John knew exactly what he was writing when he said, in the beginning, because he, he connects Jesus in his writing of John in the gospel many years later. He connects it to the creation story where God spoke a word and the beginning, beginning of creation started and light entered into darkness. The two themes that John writes about in John 1 is life and light. And those were the two things that was created first, life on earth and light in the darkness. So remember this scripture? Pretty sure all of us know this. Genesis 1, verse 1 to 3, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let there be light, and it was light. So in this scripture, what we see is what happening and what is unfolding is John is using this prologue to connect, to give us a comparison of what the Trinity is, that God the Father spoke, Jesus is the agent of creation. But not just was he the agent of creation, he was the spoken word that God spoke into existence and creation happened. So Jesus acted as the creation or as an agent for creation and he became a human and this physical embodiment of the spoken word of God for creation 
became its salvation. And this is the gift that God gives us through the life, the birth, the life, and the resurrection of Jesus. And this is the reason why in this time we can celebrate new life. We can celebrate the life of Jesus because He is the Word and He is our light. And that is the gift that we receive. So what does it mean when we say that we have received the gift of the Word and the light, as it says in John 1? What does it mean for us? So I'm going to read again in John 1 verse 1 to 5. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So what we see in the Scripture is that not only was the Word God, but the Word was an expression of God to us. So, I don't know about you and if you've done many poems or if you've written many, many works, like written work. Whatever you write down or whatever you would paint, that would be an expression of who you are, right? You would put down into spoken word or into a writing piece that which you are. And in the same way, when God spoke into creation, He gave us an expression of who He is. And when Jesus stepped into this world and he, be, he became the spoken word of God to his creation. So Jesus' life and his ministry to us was an expression of what God wanted us to know about God. Not just about life. Because Jesus was the creator and he was part of the creation, he is the source of life to all things to you and to me, and that there's no life source outside of Jesus because He was the one that created us and knows exactly what we need and what we want. And that's why I want to say this morning that nothing outside of what Jesus, who Jesus is, Him being the Word that gives life, nothing outside of Him will ever try to fulfill our lives. We can try to place things in our lives that would try to fulfill it, but it will, it will never happen. I'm thinking about, you know, in this time of year, it's so easy to take our eyes off Him, our Creator, to the created things that we want to fill our lives with. Those gifts that we think, you know, will speak a sense of worth or value into our life that we receive and now our lives all of a sudden is complete or our year has been completed. And I'm thinking, maybe it's not just this time of year where it's the gifts that try to fulfill us. Maybe we do this throughout the year. Where we, the words have been spoken, especially in this holiday. If only I can go on holiday to the ocean or to the bush. That would complete my life. That would fill this year. And I'm saying to you this morning that there's nothing outside of Jesus that will ever give you as much life 
There's no holiday or amount of rest that you will find that will fulfill your life outside of Jesus. When we go on holiday, if we are still going on holiday, Jesus created rest for us to find rest in Him when we go on holiday. Jesus did not create rest so that we can find rest in rest. Jesus created rest and He created life so that we can find rest and life in Him. Then what we see later on in the scripture is John transitions from the theme of life, from the word. He transitions over into a next theme about life that constitutes of light, right? The second theme. But John doesn't just write about light in the same way that he wrote about what that he's referring to from Genesis. He writes about light and he steps it up. He says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. So this is the second gift that we receive from John's perspective, is the true light. Verse 9, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So what does light do? What does light do? Light reveals the unseen from the darkness. Light brings clarity to any room or any situation. And I'm, yes, I'm going to go there. We all know this perfect example that I'm about to use, load shedding. When load shedding kicks in and everything goes dark, what is the first thing that we try to do? We search for light. <laughs> Why do we do this? Because in darkness, there's a sense of insecurity. The sense of the unknown paralyzes us. But light brings joy, and it brings peace, and it brings clarity of where we want to walk. walk. And it does not hurt when we walk not into our couch or into a table. That is what light does. Light does not hurt. <laughs> It brings clarity. <laughs> so spiritually, we are in darkness if we are not with Jesus, if we have not received Jesus. And we will search for things that brings light into our life, but will never be the true light, as John writes. We will not have clarity about our lives if we don't have Jesus. He's the only one that can bring true light and clarity. He's the only one that as he was born into this world that brought light into, in, into existence and showed us how far we are separated from God and how we constantly tend toward darkness. He is the only one that lights up our life. And in that, 
when God created from chaos and God spoke light into darkness, in the same way when Jesus stepped into this world and became a human, he brought light to all humans to bring us salvation. However, the scripture comes with a condition. The scripture comes with a condition where it speaks about those who do not know him and do not receive him and those who do. Those who live in darkness, who do not receive him versus those who do. He says, to those who live in darkness, they live in their own truth. They live in their own world. They live in this world and they did not receive him because they could not look beyond themselves. But he says, to those who did receive him, he gives the gift of salvation, the gift of being enlightened to darkness. Through believing in him, we receive the right to become children of God. This true light in our lives will clarify our sinfulness and it will clarify our need for a savior. And when we respond to this good news, when we respond repentant, humbled, in a positive way, we can experience salvation. So John uses this imagery of the true light that gives the expression of the gospel in a few sentences and then unravels it into in, the next few chapters going into John. And in the same way that he presents the gospel, he says, he presents us our sinfulness and that we live in darkness. And it was only the true light that can reveal the sin and, and darkness in us. But he says, we have a choice. We have a choice to know and receive the word and the light. The same way that on Christmas morning, however you do it in your family, what we did is wake up, and we run to the Christmas tree, and there we would sit and wait, teeth chattering because we are so anxious to what the gifts are inside. In the same way, that gift under the tree from the giver means nothing to the giver if the receiver won't receive it. Spiritually, Jesus being the gift, the word and the light will mean nothing to us. And nothing to him if we don't know him and receive him. This gracious gift of, of eternal life that God grants us. This gift that God gives us. Was not based on anything that we have done. Anything that we deserve. But it was ba a gift is based on the action of someone else. And we have the opportunity to respond because of that act. And because of the act of Jesus dying for us on the cross, we have this opportunity to respond to his action and receive salvation this morning. What an amazing gift. If we think about the season and if we think about gifts, what an amazing gift to be enlightened to the full grace and truth that Jesus is the Son of God and that He loves us 
and that there's nothing that can separate us from His love. But we have a choice. So this morning, what is keeping you from receiving the light and living in the light? Are you struggling to receive His light because of some words that were maybe spoken over you in this year, like, you will never make it? Words that were spoken over you that you, will, you are an underachiever. Words that makes you feel unworthy of receiving any good gift. I believe this morning that it's not the gift's problem, but it's a receiving problem. We sometimes, because of the word that has been spoken over us, tend to not receive good gifts from a good father. Not because it's a bad gift, but because we don't have enough faith to know that He is a good Father. Maybe some words reflect this year like failure. Like I didn't get to all the things that I wanted to do. Like being too overwhelmed and being anxious or maybe stepping into fear. Whatever those words are that you are speaking over yourself, God chose to speak a final word over your life by sending His Son so that we can know Him as the physical expression and embodiment of God's creation and salvation. The last scripture says, John 1 verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of only the Father, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus becoming the Word, or being the Word and becoming flesh, showed us something about the glory of the Father, that only through Him we love, we are loved, and that we experience a love that is unconditional, that is unmerited. And that only through this love we receive salvation and, and being born again. This gift of grace and truth will empower us to live a life knowing and having confidence that we are set apart from this world. We are set apart from darkness and that darkness cannot overcome the light that is already within us. And this is old God who loved the world so much that He sent His only Son to us that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the gift that we can receive through knowing and receiving God. And this is also the gift that you and I have been tasked with to share this Christmas with others. Unconditional, unmerited love because of the life that we have and the light that is shining in us. So this morning, are you open to receive this gift? Are you open to receive this gift of the word and this light that brings new life in your life? Are you open to receive Jesus in His full 
grace and truth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are the word, that you became flesh and chose to dwell amongst us. That you did not leave us on our own and to our own devices and in, in our own darkness and our sins, but you chose to become the light for us. And there's two groups of people that I just feel like I want to pray with this morning. It's if you feel this morning that you struggle to receive him because of what happened during this year, maybe you feel like you've let God down, that you have failed him. I believe Jesus is speaking a final word over you this morning, that you are chosen. You are chosen by him and that you are chosen for him. And that you should stop measuring your worth based on what you do and not because of the word that has been spoken over your life. Second group of people that I just feel like I want to share what Jesus shared with me is if you are here this morning and you need to receive this gift of light, to live in the light, to give over those areas that are still in darkness. Then receive His light this morning in the same way that we would receive any other gift. Receive Him and the revelation of Him over those areas you may be thought He doesn't know or even care about. Father, I pray for the first group of people who are just struggling to receive these words that they are chosen. I pray, Lord, that we would lay aside the ways that we measure ourselves and that we would measure ourselves based on your spoken word, that you love us, that you care for us, that you provide for us, that there's nothing in this life that will give in much, that amount of love and life the way that you do, Jesus. Second group of people, if you just struggle to receive this light, Lord, I pray this morning for open hearts and for the revelation of Jesus in our hearts right now. Holy Spirit, would you just come and speak words of worth and value and royalty over us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would come and enlighten those rooms in our hearts that has been kept in the dark pray that as we open the door to these rooms, Lord, that you would help us through this process. Whatever the hurt, whatever the words that has been spoken, 
Now you just come and unveil what it means to be a child of God and to be living fully in your life. There's nothing that can separate us. And you want to lighten up every area in our lives because you know what we need and you care about us. Lord, I thank you that you are the ultimate gift of light and of love and of life. And as we receive you this morning, that we would know that there's no one else and nothing else that would ever fulfill that spot, that gap in our hearts. We lay it all in front of you this morning, Jesus. And we pray, Lord, may you come and fill us up. In the name of Jesus. Amen.